If you'd like to get involved with Shoreditch Radio or if you run any local projects or events, please contact us at info at shoreditchradio.co.uk. Esky boy. Dano. I'll tell my people. Hello, we're Beanbot. Hi, this is Dean from Lois and the Love. Uh, this is Roman from Breton. I am um, Adam Fartley. I'm Orlando from the Maccabees. I am Colin Peters. I'm Lewis from Chapel Club. Uh, hi, this is Guy from the Winter. Hello, this is Carl Barat. listening to Shoreditch Radio. Yes! Hi there, good evening. Welcome to the Late Night Niche with me, Chris Marshall, alone this week. Uh, James is gone, Joe's gone, Lottie's gone. But I'm okay, I'm still here and I'm still doing the show, even though I feel fucking grim. But don't worry, you can't catch it over the radio, so without further ado, let's get cracking. Roof through the trees. I see a salty message written in the east. The ground beneath my feet, the hot garbage and garbage. So that was Mansard Roof by Vampire Weekend. <clears throat> and considering I'm alone, I think I've got quite a quite a good show lined up for you. It's uh, going to have the regular instalments of Life's Amazing and um, unfortunately not Diaries from the New World because it's uh, six o'clock in the morning and I don't think James is up there five hours uh, behind. <clears throat> so, yeah, it'll be one in the morning. Maybe he's up, but I don't think he's probably in. Um, and lots of good music and a small feature on the joys of country sport. No, I'm just kidding. I couldn't actually get anyone. This is the problem, yeah? <clears throat> you know, it's all very well having a radio show, and people are, you know, they're interested, they're into it, but they never want to participate. You know, I asked my girlfriend, do you want to be on the radio show? Oh, no, I couldn't do that. I asked my, my best friend from years and years ago, do you want to be on the radio show, mate, as you're down, <clears throat> you know, for the weekend? No, can't do that. So uh, I, I don't like the sound of my own voice. Good. You don't have to listen to it, you just have to take part, but never mind. <clears throat> Ask my uh, my shooting friends, do they want to take part? No, they don't. <sighs> I can't even get my own co-presenters to bloody do it. But, uh, yeah, you know, enough moaning. I'll uh, I'll kind of introduce the stuff as we go along, I guess, um, as I make it up. So we'll have some tunes first. I think we'll go with um, The Streets for this one, and... It was supposed to be so easy. It was supposed to be so easy. Just take back the DVD, withdraw that extra money, tell mum I wouldn't be back for tea, then grab my savings and hurry. So first to get the bill back in it was supposed to be so easy. Okay, I lied. <clears throat> I don't think it is going to be a good show. I literally can't think of anything to do. I'm going to do Life's Amazing. <clears throat> and I don't know. I'm sort of lost for ideas. I was going to do a bit of a 
in the sticks out in the countryside special as we're recording today. I say we, I'm recording today on my phone. <coughs> sans producer, sans co-presenters in my bedroom in uh, sunny Crowborough, which is, um, well, uh, slightly rural. Quite, uh, well, it's not exactly picturesque. I mean, it's um, a bit bland, if anything, but it's in a picturesque uh, sort of area in the... East Sussex, near the South Downs and Ashdown Forest. And, uh, yeah, so I was going to do, like, a special <coughs> special one, talking about all the weird stuff that we get up to. So I was going to talk to some people uh, doing a bit of wild fowling. Um, for all you that don't know, that's shooting uh, ducks and geese. So, you know, those, like, cute little ducklings that you will have just seen uh, earlier in the year, back in the spring toddling around with their mums, right, well, they're now fair game, um, and the guys around here like to get out, you know, early morn, got their dog with them, go and blast some of those motherfuckers, so, um, yeah, I was going to talk to some people like that, I was going to talk to some uh, people who work in the carnival, um, now, that's not a carnival quite in the same sense as, uh, <clears throat> you know, Rio or... Um, Mexico City might have a carnival. It's more a carnival like um, a bunch of kind of hillbillies, for lack of a better uh, expression. All get dressed up, some of them even black up, you'll be glad to know, and um, carry tor blazing torches through the streets uh, of the local towns. Um, and then light big bonfires. They don't burn any effigies, but, um, you know... It's it's quite niche. It's quite uh, I don't want to say edgy because if anything, it's just slightly more racially insensitive. But I tell you what, they make a pretty good job of uh, of dressing up. You know, I've I've never seen an Aztec warrior in person, but I reckon that uh, Dave from the fish and chip shop he does a pretty good uh, pretty good Aztec warrior impression. Just so you know, Dave is not a real person. Um, the fish and chip shop is generic. I don't personally know any of these people, and that was part of the reason why I didn't manage to get a uh, interview with them. But never mind. So <clears throat> I suppose we'll uh, we'll have a bit more music. Um, I've got some some other stuff for you, but I I can't remember quite what it's called. So yeah, it's it's Francis the Great. And Ravisante Baby, I think that's right. Let me just check it out. Yeah, Ravisante Baby. And then the, <laughs> in the brackets is Negro Phasing. Negro Phasing. So, yeah, enjoy that. Um, and then there'll be another one. And then I'll be right back with you. Thank you. 
listening to Short Ditch Radio. Shoreditchradio.co.uk. So that was Francis the Great with Ravasante Baby, and Chris Montez with The More I See You. What a jam. What a jam. Oh, talking of jam, I just had some toast. And talking of toast, I don't know, I can't think of a link, but now it's time for the first instalment of Life's Amazing. Now, <clears throat> I'll be talking about trains in this section, um, so if you don't like trains... Stay listening, because it's not just about trains. So, in 1784, train schedules were first introduced. Um, now, that's like a timetable, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that was a, a British thing. A very, a very British thing. Um, but it only specified the time of departure, rather than the time of arrival. The reason for that being that trains were pretty slow, fairly unreliable... Um, despite the fact that obviously it's important to know when you're going to get there, they just couldn't really predict it with any degree of certainty. Certainly not enough to be able to commit themselves in a timetable to it. Um, and also because each place, um, and I'm talking about each little town and city in Britain, had its own local time, which could differ from London time by up to half an hour. So. If in London it was, say, 11 o'clock, in Manchester it would be about 20 past 11. Um, or 22 11, I, I can't think which way the time would go. I don't know, actually. Are they an hour ahead, I suppose? So, yeah, so um, I guess it would be 11.20. Um, but then you'd get like weird increments in that. So, like, in Bedford it might be uh, 11.08 or something. Um, you know, which wouldn't have made it very easy because you'd have to work out what time it left the station in the local time there and then what time it arrived in the local time there and then passengers would have to kind of do some pretty uh, complex mental arithmetic to be able to work out exactly when the fuck they were. Um, But the first train service between Manchester and Liverpool started in 1830, so... That was some, you know, 40-odd years after that. Um, But they 
had kind of improved quite a lot in all that time. Um, and they obviously made the trains faster, more reliable. Uh, so they were able to predict with some degree of uh, precision what time the trains would arrive. But still, you've got this problem of different times. It's pretty difficult. So <clears throat> when the timetable was first created, um, they basically needed a single time to run by. So all the train companies got together and decided to use the time at Greenwich Observatory. <clears throat> and uh, obviously, as we know, more institutions followed. And finally, in 1880, the British government took the unprecedented step of actually setting legislation um, that all timetables in the UK and its provinces um, should follow, or at least be relative to, Greenwich time. So this was the first ever time that a country had lived to an artificial clock, rather than the natural one of sunrise and sunset. That's weird. That's not that long ago. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, two and a two and a half centuries. <clears throat> it's not that, not that long ago, and people were literally in towns where there would be a clock in the centre of town. It wouldn't be very accurate. It might just about predict the the time, the local time for that small town, but they wouldn't have watches. Like we now, you know, you've got the time on your computer screen, you've got the time on your watch, the time on your smartphone, uh, you know, you've got the time um, on the clock on the wall, um, on the TV, on the radio, on the, you know, whatever. It's everywhere. But they just didn't work to time. You know, we all talk about nine to five now. Like, nine to five wasn't a thing. <clears throat> time wasn't a thing as it is now. And that was not that long ago. Um, so I wonder if those those guys creating the train timetable um, envisaged us all working to the same time or relative to the same time. So, you know, you've got your stock exchange in Hong Kong and your stock exchange in New York and your stock exchange in London all working <clears throat> on the same sort of... Uh, not the same time, precisely, but the same uh, time structure. Crazy, you know, how small things like that can uh, change the world. So, yeah, without boring you anymore, that was the first section of uh, Life's Amazing. And I think I'm going to have Any Man by Eminem. Now, this was on. This isn't something that um, is on a, an Eminem album. Um, this is pretty old stuff. It's on Raucous Presents Sound Bombing. Um, I don't know if we've actually played it before. We might have done. There might be a few of those, actually, this episode, because I'm quite sick, and I don't actually remember what we've played before, what we haven't. Um, I mean, that's suggesting that I'd probably remember anyway, but I almost certainly wouldn't. So we're going to have Any Man by Eminem um, from Raucous Presents Sound Bombing, um, a compilation album of up-and-coming artists. So if you like the sound of this fella, you're about 20 years too late. Original bad boy on the case, covered your face. Came into place, blowed and sprayed puffy with mace. I laced the weed when it's sack repellent. Better check the smell it. Eminem starts with E, better check the spell it. With a capital, somebody grabbing a snapple. I got an aspirin capsule trapped in my Addy's apple. Somebody dropped me on my head, and I'm assured that my mother did it, but the bitch won't admit it was her. I slid her stomach open with a scalpel when she was six months and said, I'm ready now, bitch. Ain't you fit on these kicks, cunt? The world ain't ready for me yet, I can tell. I probably have a cell next to the furnace in hell. Sick of this world, sound.
and you're back in the room. It's me, Chris Marshall. This is Late Night Niche. You've been listening to Any Man by Eminem and To Build a Home by the Cinematic Orchestra. What a lovely combination. Talking about sitting his mother's belly open with a scalpel um, and then Cinematic Orchestra. <clears throat> so we've already had one part of uh, Life's Amazing where I talked about time. And now we're in for another. Now, I should give a slight disclaimer. So anyone who kind of recognised that uh, time thing before the story, um, it's from a book called Sapiens um, by Yuval Noah Harari, I believe is the correct order. They're the right words, but I don't know if they're the right... or the right names, but I don't know if they're in the correct order. I think so. This guy's a genius. He's, uh, well, I say he's a genius... His book's bloody good, and um, he's just written a new one, um, so plug that hard. It's all about uh, the future of humanity, um, this new one. Um, the old one is all about the history of humanity. Um, so, yeah, it should be a good read. But, yeah, <clears throat> this second one's from it as well. So I didn't know this before I read this book. Apparently, it's something that um, is widely taught in... Um, American schools, and I suppose that does make sense, as it's about America. <clears throat> but we all know America as not just the United States, but also Canada and uh, Central America, you know, Venezuela and Mexico and all that good stuff, South America, all America. But when the explorers first got to the Americas, they... Well, I mean, as we know, they called Indians Indians, you know, Native Americans Indians. And the interesting thing there is that actually Columbus and, and those like him who were around at that time, <coughs> lots of them were kind of, they had what um, Harari calls in his book a sort of an old world view where, um, you know, they are essentially exploring the known world, the world is uh, known to them and all they're doing is finding like new small bits of it. Whereas, <clears throat> obviously now we know that they discovered a whole new, well, two new continents. So, um, they uh, <clears throat> they called the West Indies, the West Indies, because they thought that uh, they'd found some Indian islands, basically. Um, and it turns out all the way through to Columbus's death, he still didn't really quite want to believe that he'd actually discovered a new continent. But some uh, some of the other, some of his contemporaries weren't quite so um, sort of close-minded to the idea, and one in particular. So basically, when they started drawing, uh, they started obviously discovering America, they started drawing maps of America, um, or of what they discovered. Um, and... Obviously, that means that it needs a name. On the map, you have to write the name of the place. Otherwise, you know, otherwise it's not a thing, is it? Now, there was a very uh, well-known um, cartographer, a map drawer um, of German origin, Waldseemuller, and um, he was the first ever to use the name America um, in the lower left section of his map. If you look on uh, the, the picture of the map on uh, Google or... Wikipedia or whatever. Um, and it was kind of applied to what's now South America. So 
the um, this Wald C. Muller, his maps were um, very well respected, well known, um, <clears throat> and his name kind of stuck. But where that name actually comes from um, is from it's kind of a uh, on Wikipedia it says it's a Latinized version um, of the name of another explorer. So we didn't call America Columbus or Columbia or whatever they call it America and itself is actually um, like I say the name of this guy so his name is Amerigo Vespucci now he was an another Italian explorer um, cartographer navigator etc and he first um, demonstrated that Brazil and the West Indies didn't represent Asia's eastern outskirts, um, as C Columbus initially said. You know, it wasn't, this is the far side of India or China or something. This was a whole new place. Um, <clears throat> but he didn't know that his uh, name was actually <coughs> used to refer to the continent or the new landmass. Um, as they didn't reach Spain, the maps didn't reach Spain until a few years after his death. But we all know now that uh, the continent and you know the the superpower, the United States of America, uh, is named after this surprisingly forward-thinking um, and little heard of explorer, um, and not by one of the more famous ones, Columbus um, included. So. Good. Fascinating. Life's amazing. Um, I think we'll have some more music now, just to, you know, keep the thing rolling along. I think we'll go with Sarah by uh, Thin Lizzy. Now, this <coughs> this is a song that, um, whatever his name is, the um, main guy, the vocalist of Thin Lizzy, um, John Lynott? Something like that. Um, he basically wrote this... Um, for the birth of his daughter. Um, it was, so it's a very touching and moving song, but um, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure about the video. If you watch the video, he uh, he's kind of just singing it to a small um, child who doesn't necessarily look that much like his daughter. I don't know if it is his daughter. I don't, I don't believe so. I think his daughter at the time was a very small baby. Um, so he's essentially just singing a love song to a small child, which is a bit weird, I think. Um, have a look, see what you think. Um, and then I reckon we will have a replay, because I know we've played this one before, 100%. Um, we'll have Code Red. Conquering Lion with Code Red, a 94 remix. I know James loves this one. He's going to be gutted that he missed it.
Welcome back, Late Night Niche, me Chris Marshall, alone this week. You've just been listening to uh, Sarah uh, by Thin Lizzy and then Code Red 94 Remix by Conquering Lion. Before that, uh, we were talking about the naming of America and in the same, uh, sort of along the same lines, a similar theme, we're going to talk now about um, the (coughs) conquering of uh, the Aztecs. So the Aztecs lived in Mexico. Um, Mexico City and uh, uh, what do we call it? The flag of Mexico. Um, you will know as having um, the big eagle thing on it, a vulture-looking thing. So, <clears throat> so apparently, um, I think I'm right. This vulture thing, eagle thing, um, the legend, as legend has it, it flew. It, it basically found like the the lost tribes of you know the Aztecs or whatever, and like flew um, to a place. Um, and they followed it, and it settled there, um, and that was where they built their big city. And I'm pretty sure that big city is Mexico City, and it's still there. So, <clears throat> but don't take that as read. Look it up yourself, because I could just be talking bollocks. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about the conquering of them. So, basically, um, the whole thing started in 1519 um, with this fellow Cortez, and him and a bunch of his mates essentially went. Um, on an expedition. Now, there had been um, Columbus had set up a a permanent base already in the Caribbean, <clears throat> but um, the Spanish hadn't really got to Mexico yet, or they hadn't made any inroads there. <clears throat> so Cortez took, um, yeah, a bunch of like untrained um, know nothings who uh, he well, it was his first ever command, and he took them um, to Mexico to land. So. This was in 1519, um, and the campaign was declared victorious uh, in 1521. So that's only three years, uh, or two years, and he, um, yeah, basically fucked the Aztecs over. So um, essentially what happened is that he turned up um, (coughs) on the the shores um, of the Aztecs Um, and it it seems weird now but he like it seems kind of like an obvious thing for an alien to say which is basically what he must have seemed like to the Aztecs who've never seen a white person before Um, he said take me to your leader and they basically did and he um, went to the leader's gaff and was having some big powwow um, and basically his men killed the bodyguards of the leader and took the Aztec boss hostage um, and then over the course of the next months, a year or so they um, basically got him to do what they wanted so they introduced a bunch of new kind of policies and stuff to essentially divide and <clears throat> break up the um, the loyalties to the to the Aztec hierarchies and structures. Um, so they made him do, uh, you know, take out policies that were detrimental to the smaller tribes that surrounded the large Aztec cities. Um, they tried to um, alienate the uh, sort of, uh, um, I don't know, medicine men kind of thing. Um, you know, the, the spiritual leaders from the um, actual leader 
um, and his kind of camp. And then, excuse me. And then they um, went out. They got their guys to like go out <coughs> into the surrounding area and basically pretend that they'd never, you know, oh, well, we made contact with um, the Aztecs and they were dicks to us as well. And now we heard that they're being dicks to you. Do you want to help us conquer them? So with no more than, you know, a handful of guys, Cortez essentially went there, um, created a puppet government, um, created a bunch of policies that would alienate the surrounding tribes, then went out, got the surrounding tribes to help him, um, to invade the main Aztec city and basically wipe out the Aztecs. Um, which is fucked. <laughs> that's so fucked. But that's what happened, and that's why there aren't really any Aztecs anymore. I mean, there are, <clears throat> you know, uh, Hispanic people, um, but they're very much um, not 100% Aztec, I would imagine. But it's interesting that... Um, that can happen uh, not very long ago. I mean, that's only the 16th century. And people kind of, uh, you know, don't really talk about it. I mean, it's like um, Haiti um, in the Caribbean. There are no native Haitians. That's not a thing because the Spanish killed them all. Um, Tasmania. There are no native Tasmanians because they were all killed. Um, that was even that was even more recent. <clears throat> you know that was uh, probably in the nineteenth century. So yeah, atrocities. Brilliant. Life's amazing. But it does go to show what you can do. Uh, you know, with an enterprising spirit and a few guys um, with uh, some guns and stuff. Um, interestingly, they uh, the Spanish in when they were in Mexico, um, and if you've seen the film El Dorado, you might be familiar with this concept. <clears throat> they basically thought that the Aztecs thought they were gods because everywhere they walked, they would follow them around, burning incense and and wafting them with it. <clears throat> but actually, it turns out that they just smelled really bad. They had really, really bad personal hygiene, um, you know. And if you know any Spanish people, then you'll know that they do. It's <laughs> it's obvious now when you think about it. Um, <clears throat> I'm joking. I don't know any Spanish people with uh, any more tendency towards body odor than any other person. So now for some more music. Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band, um, and then Bum Bum by The Antwoord. Even in my 
So that was Bum Bum by Diane Vaught. Uh, before that, Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band. <clears throat> that Bum Bum song. I don't know whether it's hilarious, weird, what, like, I, both? I d <clears throat> even in my bum, even, even in my bum. I think it's hilarious. I mean, it's a whole song talking about her wanting to get dicks in the bum. And the way that she says bum is fucking ridiculous. It's hilarious. This is, I think it's hilarious. So, yeah, another brilliant production by uh, Deanne Vaught. They've just got a new album um, out recently. Um, a new song that I've seen pasted all over YouTube, Banana Brain. Um, I won't play that for you. You can look that up yourself. Um, and obviously Casey and the Sunshine Band before that. Okay, you know. Can't go wrong with a bit of that. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have any more Life's Amazing stuff for you. I mean, I don't know if I really had any amazing life stuff to begin with, but i kind of run out now. So there's not really a lot more for me to talk about. But what I can do is play some more music um, and pray that next time the other presenters want to uh, participate. Joe's basically in America, um, in San Fran, with his fam. Um and then Lottie, she's gone on holiday. I'm not quite sure where. I did ask her. I can't remember now. Um, I'm in my uh, cold-induced haze bubble thing. I can't think. It's like having a brain full of cotton ball. Um, but yeah, she's away uh, and was busy um, all weekend. But I couldn't come and record before because I was in court. So I'll leave you to... Uh, speculate on what that might be um, in relation to but uh, it was Crown Court just so you know um, none of that uh, none of that county court or uh, any of that civil nonsense it was it was criminal um, but yeah I couldn't make it um, to record when she was free so here I am alone uh, still moaning about it playing weird fucking music, not really having any good features. I, it's really kind of annoying that I don't have any better features for you, but I can't really play any games because there's nobody else here. It's just me in my room. Um, I can't... I mean, I didn't have enough time to sort of write anything. Um, and I, uh, like I said at, right at the beginning of the show, I tried to get a bunch of um, random yokels to talk to you about... Uh, their pastimes. I even had a guy, uh, I had people who wanted to talk about butterfly collecting, shooting, um, <clears throat> various stuff like that, carnival, um, and then they all just, you know, didn't pull through, basically. So the moral of the story is that <clears throat> if you want anything done, don't come to the country to get it done because people are fucking flaky and useless. <clears throat> so with that rant over, um, I think... I'm going to bring the show not quite to an end, but uh, I, towards its conclusion um, with a couple more songs. We'll have The Force by AIM, that's the producer, and QNC, that's the rap group. <clears throat> and then Here She Comes by the Beach Boys. Um, Favourites of uh, murderers and um, abductors worldwide. So... Here's Aim and QNC and then the Beach Boys.
through with the roughness. Coming through with the roughness. Coming through with the roughness. So that was The Force by AIM and uh, the rap group QNC. <clears throat> and here she comes by the Beach Boys. Now it's the end of the show. I've got one more tune uh, to leave you with. Um, but that's all you're going to hear from me. Thanks for joining me. It hasn't at all been a ball ache recording this for your listening pleasure. I promise you. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to leave you with um, Dietrich Buxtehunder's Membra Jesu Nostri. Okay, now this um, it's called Late Night Niche. This is a, a quiet, uh, contemplative um, choral piece. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, something that uh, you're going to hear on any other radio uh, show. Certainly not on Shoreditch Radio, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, but if you like it, as I do... Um, this is just the very first part. Um, it's a, a six-minute section um, of a piece which lasts about 57 minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you have a good week or two weeks, and um, see you again, or hear me again, soon. Ciao. Dietrich Buxtehunde, Buxtehunde, Membra Jesu Nostri. <laughs>